Hey guys, this is Nate Dorsey, agronomist with RDO Equipment Company, and you're listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. RDO is an industry leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology. On this podcast, you'll learn from industry experts on the latest from RDO and John Deere. Welcome back to another episode of RDO Equipment Company's Agriculture Technology Podcast. First, I have a few items of housekeeping before we get started with today's episode. First, you may have noticed that it's been two weeks since our last episode. The show will be transitioning to a bi-monthly format, so instead of having a podcast every week, they will now be every other week. This should hopefully allow us to continue to provide even better content going forward. Next, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow RDO on Twitter and Facebook. Anytime that we release new episodes, we always announce it on our social media feeds so that you can keep up to date when we release new episodes. Now, this is the first episode in a series of episodes on agriculture and precision agriculture in Australia. So I'm really excited to welcome our special guest to the show. His name is Stephen Hegarty, and he is the precision farming manager for Vanderfield's VNet team. So I'd really like to welcome you to the show today, Stephen, and give you a chance to introduce yourself and also explain the relationship between RDO and Vanderfield. Thank you, Nate. Uh, yeah, so RDO Equipment and Vanderfield entered into a partnership a couple of years ago, and RDO are a 50% stakeholder in the uh, Vanderfield business. So Vanderfield are Australia's largest John Deere dealer group, established a little over 50 years ago by uh, Gordon Vandersee, and Gordon's sons are still uh, involved in, in the business, along obviously with the stake from RDO. So we cover most of the uh, northern half of the east coast of Australia, the state of Queensland. We cover all that state except for the wet tropics and cover all of the uh, northern territory and the top half of uh, the state of Western Australia. So tend to cover just about every type of farming there is in Australia, everything from irrigated cotton to broadacre small grains, sugarcane and uh, horticulture. So Stephen, could you also give us some background on yourself personally and professionally so that we can kind of have a better understanding of where you learned everything about all this agriculture technology? Yeah, look, my background, four and a half years, I think, now with Vanderfield. I actually did have a stint in Vanderfield many years ago, back probably 10 years ago in ag sales, just when PA was coming on board, sort of the first RTK systems, etc. But basically, yeah, field agronomy was, was my thing. And I had uh, five years with, uh, I guess, what you guys call an ASP or a co-op on the western Darling Downs of Queensland. So it was predominantly the, the big broadacre wheat belt country. And yeah, then moved on to about another five years as a private consultant. So I just had uh, a very small handful of very big growers and did that for five years. And then probably like a lot of blokes, the family farm got to the point that there's too many brothers and not enough acres. So uh, <laughs> three, three, three of us are three boys and we're all agros. But it's only the oldest brother that's actually on the farm. So um, anyway, that's what happens. I think it's what happens in a lot of our ag all around the world. Great. So I really am looking forward to talking to you on the show today. And for a few reasons. One, I think that a lot of us don't realize how different agriculture is in Australia. I think in America, a lot of times we tend to think of, of Australia as, as being almost like a paradise. But agriculture and farming in Australia is very difficult for several different reasons. Can you kind of give some background on some of the, some of the basics of, of agriculture in Australia? Yeah, I guess if looked at it from a, a farmer's perspective or a you know a farming systems perspective, I think we are the driest continent on earth. So although yes, as you said, you have this 
idea in your mind of Australian paradise. Most of the population wants to live around the, the coast for obvious reasons, but much of the uh, inland of Australia is, is arid and semi-arid. So for all of our production systems, typically water is one of our most limiting factors. So uh, whether that be a rain-grown producer that has a lot of variability in our climate, go for long periods without rain, and then when we do get it, it comes in rather large amounts. And even for uh, a lot of our irrigation valleys, consistency in supply uh, of irrigation water is a challenge in our environment. You know, we are seeing a big transition here in Australia to, you know, it's called the corporate farmer. You know, so the family farms are getting bigger, but we are seeing a lot of both domestic, like superannuation investment firms, but a heck of a lot of US equity firms and, and Asian investors coming into the country. And, you know, it's... That's driving a couple of things for us that, you know, does present some value in PA and probably a lot of value in remote support. So, you know, they tend to have a um, fairly hierarchical management structure. You know, you don't have the farm manager that's sitting on the tractor all day and all night himself. So, you know, some of the JD Link, My John Deere, My Operations, Wireless Data Transfer Tools um, have got some good value to that type of customer. Our challenge is, I guess, that, in those farming areas, and we do have some remote farming areas, those areas that are the most remote that would value that remote connectivity the most have some very poor cellular connectivity, you know. So uh, one thing that is very different about Australia to the US is um, our, our cell network is nowhere near as widespread as yours and our, our internet speed is very slow. So that presents some challenges. But no doubt about it that, you know, as we see those those bigger corporates coming on board with more removal from the coalface, I'll say that they are placing value on remote connectivity, remote support, remote monitoring, and to a lesser extent, PA agronomically, because they don't have generational anecdotal expertise on how a field or a farm performs. They're trying to use data to learn that in a hurry. But early days, Nate. So what are some of the major crops that are grown in Australia? Yeah, look, I, I think sort of say our, our major crop in terms of area or acreage is broadacre dryland small grains, so, so obviously wheat. In our case, they are they're winter wheat. We, we don't have snow, so, you know, th- those crops are planted anywhere from late April through to late May, early June, and typically harvest period would sort of be through October, November. So wheat's grown in Australia all the way from southern western Australia through the southern end of South Australia into Victoria and then right up sort of the east coast. So for us with Vanderfield, we take in the, uh, the territories of southwestern Queensland through to central Queensland and plenty of uh, broadacre wheat grown. For that then, yeah, we, we have some pretty large scale irrigation valleys for, uh, for cotton. And sugarcane is is pretty much restricted to the uh, the Queensland coastline, and uh, horticultural produce obviously uh, depends on suitable climate and, and valleys with irrigation. So, what's some of the history of John Deere and John Deere equipment in Australia? Yeah, look, uh, I'm not sure exactly when John Deere started distribution in Australia, but uh, in terms of the the Vanderfield business, Vanderfield actually began as a uh, Chamberlain dealer, so. Chamberlain were a domestically produced tractor in Western Australia and used, uh, I guess, common components in the early days. They used, you know, GM diesel engines. And Deere actually bought out the Chamberlain business, I think it was sometime through the 70s. So 
there was a, a transition where Vanderfield definitely began in our early days as a Chamberlain tractor dealer. And then when uh, Deere took over that business, we were also John Deere. So in terms of an overview of precision agriculture technologies, I, I see that precision agriculture would have a big impact on producers there because of the challenges of agriculture, like water in that region. So what's, what are some of the different technologies that farmers are using? And you and I had discussed this before and decided to kind of break this down by crop. Um, so you mentioned some of the major crops like cotton, small grains, sugarcane, and horticulture. So can we go through each of these and kind of talk about some of the technologies that producers in your area are using for, for each of those crops? Yeah, look, I, I, uh, I think I'd start that by saying that, you know, obviously for for all the growers and, and agronomists uh, tuning in, uh, we all understand there's there's two ways we're going to uh, use precision ag technology to, to help us in our, our farming systems. And, you know, I guess it's either, we, I, I coined the phrase, we're going to either grow our way to a profit or save our way to a profit. So it's only in our best irrigation valleys that we can say, where are our poor performing areas in our field? Let's fix those poor performing areas and, and increase our field averages for a lot of our, our irrigation areas where water's a bit short, definitely in our dryland areas, the strategy often is just as much we're going to save our way to a profit. So we might be willing to accept the average yield outcome for a field, accept that nine years out of 10, that area is going to be poor performing, therefore increasing our profit margin, uh, reducing our risk by uh, minimising our input costs in those poor performing areas. And I guess as, as growers... You know, take the journey, the PA journey over several seasons, you know, it often becomes a combination of those two strategies. Yeah, look, like, like every, every, every form of ag, I think, you know, across the developed world, machine guidance is obviously where we all started. You know, I think we're pretty safe in saying it doesn't matter what crop type that you're growing, tractor guidance is, is pretty much standard issue these days. Um, definitely the, the majority of acres, maybe not the majority of growers, but the majority of acres are are using um, some form of machine guidance and hand in hand with that in our in our grains, cotton and, and even sugar markets, we're seeing uh, some form of adoption uh, of controlled traffic farming techniques. So with that, Stephen, I think that's all that we have time for today for this podcast, but I really appreciate the time that you've taken to, to go over some of the basics of agriculture and precision agriculture in Australia and really hope that you'll be willing to spend some more time. I'd really like to cover another one or two episodes over this next week or two on some of these different cropping systems that we've mentioned with cotton, small grains, horticulture, and sugarcane. So if that's something that you'd be willing to do, I'd, I'd really like to, to have you on the show again. But again, thanks for spending the time with us today. Thanks very much, Nate. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment Company and John Deere. If you like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any other social media platform that you use. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Nate Dorsey. That's R-D-O-N-A-T-E-D-O-R-S-E-Y, where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, and ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.